You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio for me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. I feel like I haven't seen him in a year. Like, like the last time we did a show was last year. I mean, Fitz, this is a pure first day of school vibes for us. I know. We took two weeks off for the holidays, but we're back. And you can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show. On Twitter at The Drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com, that's me, and Fog.net, that's him. And we will start things off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Michael, KU is off to a blistering start in Big 12 play, and the Jayhawks beat Texas Tech and West Virginia on the road this week. What has impressed you the most about the Jayhawks over the first three games of the Big 12 play? Well, I think just how unfazed they've been in different circumstances. I think you go to the Big 12 opener against Oklahoma State. They're down by 15 points at halftime and they rally back and make it look like nothing, right? They cut the deficit within about six, seven minutes, and then it's a basketball game again. Then you go on the road to play Texas Tech, and you're down early. And we've seen in years past, KU go to Lubbock and let things get away from them, right? A slow start kind of compounds and it snowballs. Well, who was it when things started to go wrong for KU? It was Jalen Wilson and Juwan Harris. I believe they scored 18 straight points for Kansas to get the Jayhawks the lead and then a lead that they were able to see out for the rest of the game. And I think in each situation in these games, you've seen a different side of this Kansas team be unfazed, even at West Virginia on Saturday. West Virginia's a bigger, more physical team. KU was not intimidated. They were able to impose their will, playing their style of basketball, which is a lot different than what we've seen from Bill Self teams of years past. And you look at this Big 12 as a whole, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I think you have to be resilient. And that's exactly what this Kansas team has been. They've shown they can take blows, return them, and come out on the right side, right? KU's not gonna run the table in Big 12 play, but they've shown here that when these tough moments come, they will be able to respond on an individual level level. Dewan Harris's three-point shooting has been great. If he's going to shoot uh, three-pointers and hit 50% of them, that's an incredible improvement for Kansas for a player that has not been great at shooting the three-ball during his time at KU. Obviously, Jalen Wilson has been good getting double-doubles, maybe not the most efficient score, but he's now seeing other players step up around him. And K.J. Adams, I think, is the guy that has improved the most over the course of this season. He scored double digits in eight straight games. This is a player that doesn't shoot threes, 
doesn't really shoot mid-range, can't really post up, and yet is still finding creative ways to score. And I think for me, this Kansas team has really started to become more well-balanced in comparison to the start of the season when it was the Jalen Wilson show. And if Jalen Wilson didn't score 25, Kansas was going to be in a ton of trouble. So I think for me, you got to look at the resiliency and just how balanced this KU team looks right now. I think if you're going to survive this Big 12 schedule, which is going to be brutal. <clears throat> I mean, you mentioned Oklahoma State, one of the, the lowest teams right now in the Big 12. Now, difficult they were to knock out. Um, you got to be buttoned up. You got to know who you are down the stretch. And that's KU. And you know what? who else that is? That's oh, probably K-State right now. Oh, yeah. Well, Fitz, and speaking of fast starts, Kansas State is also 3-0 in the Big 12 after beating three ranked teams, two of which were on the road to open conference action. Fitz, what is fueling this fast start for K-State? My goodness. Jerome Tang promised he wasn't here to rebuild. He was here to elevate. And it sounded like a press conference quote, but uh, we've seen elevation already. Kansas State's matched their win total from last year already. Um, that's how well they're playing. And the fact that they struggled with West Virginia at home to open Big 12 play, you know, same day as the Sugar Bowl, they didn't have a huge crowd. They had a nice crowd considering the football team was in New Orleans with about 30,000 fans. But they rallied to win that in overtime. Uh, and then they go to Texas and score 116 points, just absolutely lighting up the Longhorns. Uh, it was not a great defensive struggle, as you often see from K-State basketball in years gone by. It was a wide-open, run-the-court, fun style of basketball that this team's exhibiting under Jerome Tang. And then on Saturday, they go to Waco, and they go to overtime again against Baylor and win again. So you're talking about Jerome Tang, a first-year coach that has now won back-to-back, -back not back-to-back, -back, two out of three overtime wins against Final four coaches and Bob Huggins and Scott Drew. So it's really impressive. But really, when you boil it out, it's the play of Marquise Noel that is fueling this team. Not Keontae Johnson, who is a special player. He's an NBA guy, an elite player that they brought in from Florida and took a chance on him despite his health issues. Marquise Noel has been absolutely remarkable. He has now scored 30 points in back-to-back -back games. The first guy to do that at K-State since a chap named Michael Beasley did it in 2008. He also had 14 assists in that Baylor game. He's averaging almost a double-double. His assists are just a hair under 10, as he has turned into a really special and electric player for Kansas State, going with Keontae, going with some other guys like Naquan Tomlin. And Michael, they're doing it all with David Gasson, their, their post player, on the sideline right now with a foot injury. They don't have a deep bench, but boy, the guys who are playing know their roles. Jerome Tang has turned out to be one heck of a basketball coach. But guess who awaits on Tuesday at home? It's Oklahoma State. So you better be prepared every game in this conference. I think what's impressed me with, with K-State is Marquis Noel. You're putting him in the likes with Trey Young in the individual season he had at Oklahoma. If you're putting up stats like that, you're, he's not even carrying the team. He is propelling them to a, one of the better starts to their you know, season in Big 12 playing a long time. It's, it's absolutely remarkable how much he's improved under Jerome Tang and the coaching staff. It's, it's quite masterful. Well, the Big 12 is a monster once again, as we've been mentioning. What has stood out to you about the start of league play? The road teams. Yeah. That's been crazy. Yeah. Road teams are 10-5 to start Big 12 play. Usually in the Big 12, you're thinking, okay, home games are where 
teams are going to be able to get back into a title race or be able to make the NCAA tournament. That has not been the case. You can look at K-State going on the road to beat Baylor. You can look at someone like Kansas getting two roads wins this week. Texas going to Oklahoma State and getting a win. Overall, this league is so competitive, and I think it says something about the quality of the teams that home court advantage is not the differentiating factor with a lot of these teams. And a team like Iowa State can show you that, hey, they lose their star point guard in Tyrese Hunter. They replenish through the transfer portal, and all of a sudden they're undefeated to start Big 12 play. It also shows you that, hey, a team like Baylor that has been a perennial title contender for years on end now can start a season 0-3 with losses at home. Just overall, this league is so challenging that night in and night out, you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And again, if you're not cut out, if you're not well-defined down the stretch, you're going to have issues. And that's what we saw against Baylor when Kansas State went down there on Saturday. Baylor had an opportunity with the final possession. They turned the ball over. Kansas State missed a shot in its final possession, but both teams had their play kind of break down. Marquise Noel got a decent look. Baylor got a bad look. And it just comes down to that fine line of who hits the right shot at the right time. As Scott Drew said, you know, in a one-possession game, you look back over the whole course of the game. And the shot that stood out to him that probably made the difference was Marquise Noel hit a three-pointer at the end of a shot clock. That I'm not kidding was literally from the letters at half court. It's not near him. He was on them. And it was just one of those, well, it's going to be that kind of night. But you, you got to know who you are in this conference. Again, as you mentioned, Baylor is 0-3. This team is two seasons away from a national championship, one season away from sharing a Big 12 title. Are you kidding me? They're 0-3. Yeah, they've got a young team, but they just don't quite have the definition they have in the past, and they've run into a couple teams now, TCU and K-State, that have been well-defined. Well, now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, the Big 12 is guaranteed to be involved in eight bowl games during bowl season. How many games will the conference win? We were at zero, one to three, four or five, six or more. Kate, or The Big 12 won two, two. which 14% of people selected. Shout out to those 14% of people buy a lottery ticket. Two. What? Two. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was, a, it was a rough go for the Big 12. Well, this week's question is this. Who has been the biggest surprise in Big 12 hoops through three games? Your answers are A, Baylor at 0-3, B, Iowa State at 3-0, or C, Kansas State at 3-0. Those are three good selections because none of that was predictable. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 All right, well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. We are back and we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. We're going back to December and the Liberty Bowl between Kansas and Arkansas. They've stopped scoring. They're done scoring now. (laughs) KU came from three scores down to force triple overtime. Michael, what did you make of KU showing in that bowl game? Well, first of all, what an incredible bowl game. Maybe one of the most fun in all of college football during bowl season. But I think it was very much an encapsulation of Kansas' season overall. The offense was explosive, but it also had its droughts. You look at the start of the game, Kansas has a really good drive, and then 
turnovers hurt Kansas, inconsistency hurt Kansas offensively. And defensively, Kansas allowed the most points in a single quarter in Liberty Bowl history, 24 in the first quarter. But then they strung together six or seven stops in the second half that allowed the offense to put together drives to get Kansas back in the game. And that's just an encapsulation of Kansas' whole season. Jalen Daniels stands out. Incredible. Kansas has a quarterback that will be able to propel this offense to another level next season. But... There's a consistency in both sides of the ball, and I think that is the biggest step forward that can be taken holistically as a team over the offseason. Can they be more consistent? But I think for me, Fitz, walking around the sideline there in Memphis pregame, you saw the size differential between Arkansas and Kansas. Arkansas's defensive lineman, offensive lineman, two pound, or 20 pounds, two inches, they were bigger and stronger. I think that showed up in the trenches at times, and that is the area where Kansas this offseason has really worked to improve. We're going to get into the weeds here a little bit, but Kansas has gone out and gotten two defensive line transfers at defensive tackle and Devin Phillips and Gage Keys, two guys that will be able to come in and start next season. They will elevate that position. Austin Booker from Minnesota might be the best athlete on KU's defense outside of Craig Young next season. He'll be someone that might have growing pains at defensive end, but will be able to take a step forward. And then just on Sunday, Kansas landed transfer J.B. Brown from Bowling Green. He's a linebacker who will be able to elevate this front seven. So I think what you saw in this game are issues that plagued Kansas at times this season. And now what you've seen in the time since our last show is that Kansas is taking measures to go out and fix some of these issues. We'll see what it means in terms of results on the field. We're still waiting for the Big 12 schedule to come out. But I think for me, Kansas' resiliency is the biggest takeaway from this game because that is something that can carry over season to season when players might not. Uh, that game was just a blast. I mean, And it was so predictable to me after watching Kansas all season that they were going to take a run at Arkansas. And Arkansas, you could see them literally think, we've got this. You know, we can score at will. And then all you know what broke loose. Uh, I feel for for Jason Bean and that throw. Yeah. That was just, oh, it's just awful. Just awful to, to lose a game on that. Yep, and I think it's a reason why he's coming back too. Huh. Well, Fitz, Good all point. right. K-State won the Big 12 but lost the Sugar Bowl to Alabama. What do we learn about Chris Kleiman's team from their trip to New Orleans? Well, uh, again, you mentioned that the SEC talent was obvious, and Alabama is the most talented of them all, along with Georgia. There's just NFL guys all over the field, and what was remarkable is their NFL guys did not sit the game out. They played, and that is great for college football. But we saw a guy like Deuce Vaughn not only have an 88-yard touchdown run in this game and prove that he can do it against the best defenders in the country, that was the longest run Nick Saban's given up for a touchdown at Alabama. So that kind of sticks out at you. But there was a beautiful football blitzkrieg performed by Alabama to end the first half and start the second half. It's the type of thing I saw some Bill Snyder teams do back in the day. And to watch it happen to a really good K-State team just shows what kind of high gear Alabama has. Kansas State, fourth and two at the goal line. Yeah, you're going for it. And you know what happens? They have an incomplete pass. Will Howard just misfired and missed Ben Sennett for the touchdown. Alabama takes the ball over and goes the length of the field, in part because Chris Kleiman called a timeout after first down to try to get the ball back. That backfired. So now we've had two gambles backfire, and they go into halftime with a lead of 10 points, and they come out, and Kansas State attempts an onside kick that was a gamble again, and it backfired. Alabama gets the ball, next possession, interception, touchdown. So you're talking about a 21-point swing in less than three minutes of action. 
Kansas State had an opportunity to be up by by four at halftime if they scored the touchdown. Instead, they're down by 10. And next thing you know, they're down by 24 points early in the third quarter. They lose by 25. So that was the whole game right there. Kansas State is a really good football program. But this showed that you really have to be attentive in every snap of the game. And Kansas State didn't execute quite the way they needed to. They did it against TCU. And you know this, Michael, because of what we've seen this season, TCU's playing for a national title on Monday night against Georgia. And their last loss, their only loss, was to Kansas State. Kansas State can be at that level, but not on this day, not in New Orleans. Alabama was awesome to watch. And I'm so glad Bryce Young and the rest of the guys went ahead and played for Alabama because that dude can ball. And he made a pass that game that was next level beyond. So it was a fun game despite the loss for Kansas State. Yeah, and I think it was the case of Alabama. They Once they tasted blood in their mouth, they decided to start playing. And yep. I think that when they decide to start playing, it's a reason why every year they're picked to be in the top four. Because when they decide they want to play on a given day, they can beat just about anybody. Yep. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Dara's Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz. Well, tonight's Out of Bounds is a simple question. What does TCU need to do to beat Georgia in Monday night in the national championship game? Well, I think prayer would help. Um, <laughs> look, uh, Georgia is an awesome football team, but everyone said TCU didn't stand a chance against Michigan, and they were clearly the better team in that game, even though Michigan made it interesting. TCU can't forget how they got there. They can't get away from what made them TCU, and that is they took on the characteristic of their quarterback, blue-collar, determined, gutty, going to just get all bloodied and beaten and keep playing. They just keep coming at opponents. They did it to K-State in the Big 12 championship. They would not go away, and they weren't about to lose to Michigan. I don't know, Michael, if they have enough guys to get this done against Georgia. They've got a great receiver and a great running back and a – and a brilliant quarterback at times, and a really salty defense. But again, the size differential will be substantial. Can they fight through this? I don't think so. Was it like a two-touchdown mm. spread? Um, I like TCU on that spread. If you want my gambling advice, which you probably don't, but I don't think TCU wins this game. I think it's just too big of a hurdle. But the Big 12, the new Big 12, is getting there, brother. I mean, they, this year has been – a step above what we saw last year from Oklahoma State and Baylor. The new Big 12 is going to be awfully competitive within the conference. And then TCU is showing it can also play at the highest levels. Pretty cool. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? Holistically for the Big 12, this is so huge to beat a Michigan team that everyone, like myself, may have picked. Um, I think that's huge. But I think for Monday night's game, TCU needs to win in the margins. They need to win the turnover margin by at least one or two and do it again on special teams. That's where I think, you know, TCU, if they're going to get momentum, they're going to carve out edges in this game, it's going to have to be there because down to down, Georgia's just so talented. Yeah, if Georgia shows up and plays, they're going to win mm. this game. But if the Georgia shows up to play in Missouri, TCU's going to win a national championship. True that. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc Retirement. By Metal Arc, retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Well, our fan question this week is, are the Wildcats true Big 12 title contenders? And this is from Joe in Manhattan. That's a good question, Joe. I, I think it's too early to say that, but boy, this K-State team uh, is doing things that aren't like freakish wins. 
They just look like the better team in these games. Mm-hmm. They score so casually, so easily. They just rack up points. This, this offensively, it's really fun team to watch. Are they as well-defined defensively? No, but that's going to take a little bit longer to come along. And in this conference, teams can really get after you on the offensive end. They got to get by KU to, to be the contender, to be up there. But boy, that game when they meet here in a couple of weeks in Manhattan is going to be awfully fun. 100%. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive. Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and let's take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House, meeting your friends at Kites and the Draft House since 1954, when I was like 12. Again, make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. And here are last week's results or the last show's results. I don't even remember what I picked. I, I think this has got to be a mistake. The viewers went three and zero again. I went one and two. How is that possible? Michael went two and one. Uh, Michael and I are having a really heated competition as the viewers just beat the snot out of us. We got to we got to get dumber viewers. You'd think they would be dumb, but they're not. Michael, Mm-mm. they watch the show and they're getting picks right. I don't understand. Here's this week's picks. And it's all hoops. We start with Kansas versus Iowa State. We got KU as a seven and a half point favorite. Iowa State's playing really well. Michael, I'll take Kansas. I, I KU's going to win this game, but uh, I think Iowa State's going to make this competitive. I'll take Iowa State on that spread. And next up is K State at TCU. K State is a two and a half point underdog. This is next Saturday. I'll take TCU. Yeah, what? A, I mean, how do you not pick TCU at home? They're playing really well. I'll take K State. Uh, I. I don't know what's going on. I'm so confused by this. It's awesome. Our last game of the week is TCU at Texas. This is a Wednesday game, so get your votes in early. Texas is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, according to us, the odds makers at the drive. Who do you got, Michael? Let's go Frogs. Oh, you're all in on the Frogs, except for football. I'll I'll take Texas just because I'm a contrarian. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page, at the drive 13. And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community, and we start with Mr. Swain of Fog.net. Well, Fitz, I hit on him a little bit earlier, so I'll make this one quick, but K.J. Adams' development this season has been incredibly fun to watch. He starts the year as someone who you're questioning, all right, how long will this last? And here we are in Big 12 play, and K.J. Adams is averaging double digits, and he's doing it in unconventional ways. Bill Self has compared him to Draymond Green, and he's not someone that is going to score in conventional ways as a center. But he is someone whose improvement has been fun to watch, and it's a great story for a player who did not let outside noise get to him and continues to improve. He's awfully fun to watch. It'll be a great matchup in the post when the two teams meet. Kansas State comes home finally on Tuesday to play Oklahoma State. Now there's some tickets left for this game, about 1,000 from what I hear, because the students aren't in session, so there's some extra GA tickets available. We'll see if K-State fans can pack the Bramlage Coliseum. They've sold out a number of the remaining games once the students are back. It's going to be awfully fun in Manhattan a lot of people have to make a drive to fill up that Coliseum. We'll see if they can get it done on Tuesday. Tickets are available. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. We appreciate you watching. 
You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. 